this is an encore broadcast of Streams in the Desert Live. I believe that we are living in the days John wrote about. The end times are upon us, and of that there is no doubt. Get your mind out of the world, take your Bible off the shelf. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Tribulation. I don't want to be here. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, December 2nd, 2020, for the Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. Coming to you from the beautiful Streams in the Desert Live home studio via StarWorldWideNetworks.com, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is The Soon Coming Dark Winter. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day. Lord God, we bow down spiritually speaking. We ask that you clear the clutter from our minds and fill it with the power working and anointing of your Holy Spirit. Let it permeate out over the airwaves that all who are in need of a Savior will be able to receive that which you have prepared and ordained at this hour and by the way of your one and only begotten Son, who is none other than the Lord and only Savior of all mankind, and who is Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, have your way in this day, and we ask that the power working and anointing of your Spirit, God, bring us to where we need to be here at 1159 and split seconds, just before the imminent return of your one and only begotten Son to receive his bride. And we ask it all in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio broadcast. Today, as we open the first show of the last month in the year 2020, which is the year of the unknown, heading into the time of Christmas, just before the ringing in of the upcoming new year of 2021, which will be the year of the unknown part two, as mandated by the Lord God on September 15th, 2020, 
Let us in our first piece of the day, my friends, take a quick look back at a small slice of the biblical prophecies that have come to light in this year of transition. As noted in a piece originally published at Olive Tree Ministries and reposted by Prophecy News Watch as an opinion piece dated November 18, 2020, titled The Top 10 Biblical Prophecy Stories of 2020 of which the author begins by stating there has been a lot of events that have transpired over the past year, and here are the top 10 events that have taken place to accelerate us closer to the fulfillment of all things foretold. Number one, the decline of America. There is really no end-time power in the Bible other than a revived Roman Empire from which the Antichrist will headquarter. Thus, prophecy watchers have always known America must decline. This year, we have watched capitalism come under attack and socialism and globalism be heralded. Some progressives but deluded political leaders are even hailing Marxism, including many on the Biden team. Number two, the rise of lawlessness, anarchy, and spirit of Antichrist. We are seeing unbridled lawlessness. In Matthew chapter 24 and parts of Revelation, although the context of both is in the time of the Great Tribulation. So once again, we see tribulation events casting a long shadow on the church age. Here in America, literally all hell is breaking loose, and our republic and rule of law are disintegrating right before our eyes. At the root of this is the spirit of Antichrist. Number three, peace efforts in the Middle East. We can debate the practicality of these events and should America and Europe even intrude on Israel with peace efforts. Nonetheless, they are setting the stage for peace deals proposed by the Antichrist and the year is not over. So more peace efforts may take place before year end. But I am reminded, says the writer, of the haunting words of Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14, saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. Number four, increasing attacks on Christians, Christianity, churches, etc., Thanks to COVID-19, churches and Christianity in general became gross inconveniences in 2020. Churches were either shut down or marginalized starting in March. Christians in America were harassed and even arrested for wishing to just practice their faith and meet for worship. Believers in the Middle East and Africa were slaughtered by the thousands. Jesus said a day was coming when we would be hated for his name's sake. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. My friends, the scripture that the writer speaks of here reads, And ye shall be hated of all men 
for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Number five, growing apostasy and wolves among the flock. Here, the writer continues by stating sound biblical preaching is fading with a rise in the love for experience, emotion, and unsound doctrine. There is even the love of the doctrine of demons, as outlined in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, where Paul states, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Continuing on in this matter, the writer as well states that the new apostolic reformation continues to surge. A new but very false teaching in both churches and seminaries is the Marxist critical race theory. At the same time, Bible prophecy has vanished from most pulpits, as well as support for Israel. Number six, pre-tribulation birth pangs. The worst of the birth pangs are in the tribulation, but we see a foreshadowing of these horrors now in the church age. Natural disasters are unprecedented globally. The Destruction is heart-wrenching to watch, and suffering is unspeakable. This will increase to such a level in the tribulation that what is happening now is minuscule in comparison. But the stage is again being set. All of the earth is groaning. Number seven, the continued and rapid decline of the culture. Everywhere evil is being called good, as seen in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, where the Lord God, by way of the mouth of Isaiah, states, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put forth darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Moving forward, the writer as well states that Aberrations is celebrated. Netflix seem to honor pedophilia with its cuties feature in film. California passed pro-pedophilia legislation removing felony status for sex with minors. Today's chapter of Mankind is outlined. Today's character of Mankind, my friend outlined in Romans chapter 1 and 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it is all predicted for a final generation. The Washington, D.C. swamp is murkier than ever before. Number eight, the rise of strong delusion. So much delusion around and arose rather in 2020, it is incalculable. What thinking person wants all police abolished or thinks America is a racist nation or destroys the economy over a virus or its youth think the Holocaust is a myth. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it suggests such a delusion is sent because there is no love of the truth. 
This will then cause people to fall for the lies of the Antichrist. Number nine, a COVID-1984 surveillance state worsened and preparation for the New World Order government intrusion and contact tracing abound in 2020. People even had to register for church so they could be traced. The writer once more states the goal lines for easing government restrictions, lockdowns, quarantines, and even face masks kept changing. The writer as well states, and so say I, my friends, clearly society is being prepared for the Antichrist here in 2020. The writer further states, around the world, people are being turned into mind-numbed robots. Many are cowering in fear. Number 10, the longing for a savior. With the world in a meltdown mode, millions are looking for just one superhuman man to bring back peace and prosperity. He's waiting in the wings. Most have rejected Jesus Christ. They will continue to cheer for a short season for the Antichrist. With that said, the writer moves to close this piece with That's my short list of prominent events in 2020 that have end time significance. Just before going on to say, it could be seen as a heartbreaking list, but it heralds an imminent happening that many believers have been longing for, the return of the King of Kings. It could even be today. Continuing on, the writer warns, keep your eyes on the Great Reset in 2021. Recently, the World Economic Forum, herald, uh, headed by Klaus Schwab, said that they are working on implantable chips that can read our thoughts. The writer then interjects, if you think things will return to normal in 2021, think again. So, so much more uncertainty is ahead as even the results of the 2020 election hang in the balance. The writer closes with this, God is shaking us up, trying to wake us up so that we will look up if anything has been proven to be a surety in 2020, it is that this world is fading and is not our home. But believers have a glorious one awaiting us. Now, my friends, let us take another look at the uh, projection of a dark winter atmosphere as we look into an opinion piece written by Mr. Ricky Scapero, founder of InTimeHeadlines.org, dated November 18th, titled, Will a Donald Trump Loss Lead to the Rise of the Kingdom of Antichrist? Which begins with Mr. Scapero sharing that there is many that are warning that the election of Joe Biden will lead to a cashless society. 
leading the economy to become more of a global structure. He says this claim is being made by many across the internet and one group called Signposts of the Times is alleging that this is all a sign of the mark of the Antichrist. He goes on to say they went further, explaining that the Chinese social credit program is a precursor to the mark of the beast, and Joe Biden's election will allow the system to prosper. Mr. Scaparo states that the blog reportedly pointed to Bible verses found in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 and 17, which read, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Mr. Scaparo continues his findings when he states they went even further to say both China and the European Central Bank are on the road to building this future cashless world, which means the remainder of the world would have no choice but to follow suit as China and the European Union represent a huge part of the global economy. It further is stated that at the same time that the world is rapidly building the global digital economic system, which will exist during the time of the Great Tribulation, there are other components of the future Mark of the Beast, a system under construction, that includes the Mark itself, which is still a mystery as to what exactly it will be. They go on to say, however, some of the particulars of the Antichrist Mark of the Beast are already in the works. This includes smart technology, which when incorporated into such things as a wristband, quantum dot or microchip can then be used to track and monitor any person anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. And just like the Chinese social credit system, eventually be used to deny you the ability to buy or sell. The writer continues by stating things are moving right along and with the so-called, my words, not the writer's words, American President-elect Joe Biden waiting in the wings, the global elite are eagerly anticipating having their man in the White House who will fast-track all the global the, all the globalist goals that have been on hold these last four years during the Donald Trump administration. The writer ends by sharing that Everybody from the United Nations, the European Union, and the Vatican are lined up, ready to usher in the great global reset of things, which we believe is nothing short of the future kingdom of Antichrist system, of global political control, economic power, and religious ecumenicalism. 
which will lead the world to worship a false god, whom God's word has warned about, which I myself, Pastor Dana, might add, is none other than the worship of Satan himself. My friends, we are headed for a dark winter, no matter who wins this election, due to the fact that we are already in the midst of a total global reset, encompassing everything we have ever known in our lifetime. As far as the financial part of this total global reset goes, which, mind you, is only one part of what is to come in 2021 and beyond for as long as the lord will will for as long as the lord will allow it to take place here is what a design and implementation strategist writer for a financial planning publication called sovereign advisors wrote in what they call their white paper concerning the soon to be realized total global reset. The number of countries that have come out of a situation when debt surpassed their GDP without economic upheaval and a financial reset is 0%. Therefore, says the writer, a reset is coming. The United States is the world's reserve currency and we have crossed over the line to the point of no return. The writer as well states, like a tidal wave, the debt cycle's normal pattern will destroy everything we know. Countries will willingly give up their sovereignty to an international body that will promise to fix the mess and global inflation will run rampant. Interest rates will soar as countries have to pay higher rates to attract demand for their junk currency. This will be global. The author goes on to say that in a competitive world where countries compete to get investors to invest in their currencies, there will be comp competitive devaluations of the currency. They further state that higher interest rates in a world that is consumed by debt is the in-game moment for a currency system like we know it. People will not be able to bear it, afford it, live within its parameters, and as a society, we will gladly give up our freedoms for a fix just like countries will. The writer ends this segment of their white paper piece with this, my prediction. Very few people will fight to keep what they once held on to be as sacred. They will just roll over and give up. Look at the public reaction to COVID-19 as an example, they say. Do you agree with me? This is when the global financial reset is upon us. And on that very thought-provoking and staggering note, my friends, I will be right back after the break that we may continue with our trek through the soon coming 
dark winter. All in silence the Bible says Had come the talk of the Philippians Because a vision of a man speaking Came to Paul while he was sleeping And the vision of the Macedonian man Said to him Come help us Paul and Silas In Acts 16 they walked around Tried to get to know the town Went to pray down by the river Met a lady then in Lydia They baptized her there And she asked if it be alright Come spend the night And stay a while at my house They met a slave girl later on who made her masters quite a lot Fortune telling was her occupation Had a spirit of divination It was driven out When Paul said Jesus' name and So they came And arrested Paul And silenced Threw them right into the jail Fall in silence, faith prevailed Prisoners at midnight heard them Praising God that they were Christ's servants Then an earthquake came and shook the jail And let go from the sound Silence and the jailer bowed and prayed. What must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will receive his forgiveness. Paul and Silas taught the words of the gospel to him and his entire house, and everyone now. In heaven with Paul and silence. That is one of my favorite songs by Apologetics, my friends. They took secular songs and really truly put Bible meaning to them. Okay, now, my friends, I would like to take the remainder of the show to share with you a piece titled The Most Important Thing by Mr. Michael Snyder, who happens to be one of my favorite writers, of which he actually has incorporated into his website called the economic collapse blog.com this piece mr snyder says was adapted from his first novel published in 2013 titled the beginning of the end in it he 
really hits home for many people in explaining in his own words what it means to enter into and develop a personal relationship with the one and only Savior of the world, who is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. So without further ado, here is what Mr. Snyder had and has to say to a world that is coming completely undone and for the most part is in need of finding the hope and eternal life that only the Lord Jesus Christ can offer to mankind in a lost and dying world and is as follows. Mr. Snyder begins by asking the reader three questions, which are, do our lives have meaning? Why were we put here? What is going to happen to us when we die? Mr. Snyder then states below, I have addressed those questions. I encourage you to read on because this is the most important page on this website. The following material has been adapted from my new book, which you can find right here, uh, which is to say by way of a link at his site, my friends, to his book that was written in 2013. Mr. Snyder then states, what follows is the most valuable thing that I could possibly share with you. He further states, I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I did not explain to you the most important thing that you could take away from this website. If I had not given my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, I would probably be dead today. He has taken the broken pieces of my life and has made them into a beautiful thing, and he can do the same thing for you. Mr. Snyder continues by saying, if you would like to know how you can become a Christian, I encourage you to keep reading. A lot of the time, people find Christianity to be very confusing. In the following pages, he says, I have tried to explain the core of the Christian faith in a way that hopefully just about everyone will be able to understand Fortunately, says Mr. Snyder, the Christian gospel is very, very simple to understand, and the stakes are incredibly high. Continuing on, he states, if Christianity is true, then it is possible to have eternal life. He says, I am not just talking about living for millions of years or billions of years. I am talking about living for eternity, which, my friends, I always tell you is time without end. Mr. Snyder then asks the question, if you had the opportunity to live forever, would you take it? He then says many people would respond by saying that they are not sure if living forever in a world like ours would be desirable. But what if you could live forever in a world where everything has been set right? What if you could live forever in a perfect world where there is no more evil or suffering or pain? Would you want that? He asks just before going on to say, the truth is, that is exactly what God wants for you. 
He loves you very much and he wants to spend forever with you. If you could, would you want to spend forever with him? Mr. Snyder then interjects, if God is real and there really is an afterlife, who wouldn't want to spend eternity with him? He then states, to be honest with you, if eternal life really exists, there is not one single issue of greater importance to every man, woman, and child on earth. Just before going on to say, who would not be willing to give up everything that they own to live forever in paradise surrounded by people that love them? Mr. Schneider then makes note of the fact all over the world, people perform all kinds of religious acts, desperately hoping that they will gain favor with God. He then states some religious nuts even blow themselves up during suicide attacks, hoping that their sacrifices will earn them favor with God. He then goes on to ask, but are those really ways to get? To heaven? Just before going on to ask, what does the Bible have to say? Mr. Snyder then says, and so say I, my friends, the truth is that the plan of salvation described in the Bible is very simple. He says it starts with God. Just before going on to say, the Bible tells us that God created humanity and that he loves us very much. Mr. Snyder then says, in fact, God loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine. He further states that the scriptures go on and on about how great the love of God is and, uh, and about how deeply he cares for each one of us individually. But there is a huge problem, says Mr. Schneider, who goes on to share that the problem is that humanity is in deep rebellion against God. He states humanity has rejected God and is continuously breaking his laws. Mr. Schneider says that most people like to think of themselves as good people, but the truth is that none of us are truly good. Each one of us has broken God's laws over and over again, he says. We are lawbreakers and criminals in the sight of God. The scriptures call us sinners. Mr. Snyder then says, perhaps you think that you are a good person and that God should let you into heaven based on how good you are. He continues on by stating that if this is what you believe, ask yourself this question. Have you ever broken God's laws? He then shares, posted below are a summary of the Ten Commandments. Are you guilty of violating his rules? Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. 
Mr. Snyder then states for the record that there is only one true God, the creator of all things. He then asks the reader, have you ever served a different God? Have you ever expressed approval for a false religion just because you wanted to be polite? Have you ever participated in activities or ceremonies that honor other religions? Number two. You shall not make any idols. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. Here, Mr. Snyder points out that the scriptures tell us that we are to love God with everything that we have inside of us. Even if you have never bowed down to an idol or a statue, you may have created a God in your own mind that you are more comfortable with. That is sin. In fact, he says, we are not to have any idols in our lives that we love more than God. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Here, Mr. Schneider asks, have you ever used God's holy name in a profanity or as a curse word? Have you ever failed to give his holy name the honor it deserves? Number four, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Here, Mr. Schneider asks, is there anyone alive that has kept this commandment perfectly? Number five, honor your father and your mother. Mr. Snyder then asks, have you ever been rebellious or disrespectful to your father or your mother even once, one time? He says, if so, you have broken this commandment. Number six, you shall not murder. Mr. Schneider here reminds all that even if you have never killed anyone, it is important to remember that Jesus considers hatred to be very similar to murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Here, my friends, Mr. Snyder says, so say I, sexual promiscuity is uh, absolutely rampant in society today, but you don't even have to sleep with someone to break this commandment. His He cites in Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 and 28, where Jesus said that whosoever look on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Number eight, you shall not steal. Mr. Snyder once again reminds all of this commandment of the Lord when he asks, have you ever stolen anything from someone else? It doesn't matter if it was valuable or not. If you stole something, you are a thief. Number nine, you shall not lie. Here, Mr. Snyder simply asks, have you ever told a lie? If so, you are guilty of breaking this commandment. Number 10, you shall not covet. Finally, Mr. Snyder asks the very pointed question of, have you ever jealously desired something that belongs to someone else? This sin is often the first step towards other sins. 
Mr. Snyder here puts a wrap on his rendition of the Ten Commandments by stating the first four commandments are about loving God. In the scripture, you are commanded to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. He then goes on to say the final six commandments are about loving others. In the scriptures, you are commanded to love others as you love yourself. He then asks, have you always loved God and loved others like you should have? Just before going on to say, sadly, the truth is that we are all guilty of breaking God's laws. In fact, says Mr. Snyder, if we took an honest look at how guilty we truly are, we would be horrified. He then says, take a moment and imagine the following scenario. One of the biggest television networks has decided to do a huge two-hour premiere special about your life. It is going to be a heavily advertised event and tens of millions of people are going to be watching it. Doesn't that sound great, he says, just before going on to say, but instead of a two-hour documentary about how wonderful you are, the network has discovered all of the most evil and horrible things that you have ever thought, said, or did, and they are going to broadcast those things to tens of millions of people all over the world for two hours during prime time. He then asks, what would you do if that happened? Sadly, says Mr. Schneider, the truth is that whoever that happened to would be utterly ashamed and would never want to be seen in public again. Why, he asks, and then answers, because we have all done, said, thought, and thought things that are unspeakably evil. He then points out the truth of the matter, which is that we are sinners in the eyes of God, just as the scripture tells us, for all have sinned, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Mr. Snyder then says God created us to have fellowship with him, but he also gave humanity the ability to choose. Unfortunately, humanity has chosen to be in deep rebellion against God, and we have all repeatedly broken his laws. He continues on by rightly stating, when we broke God's commandments, our fellowship with God was also broken. By breaking God's commandments, we decided that our will would be done instead of God's will. And if you look around the world today, you can see the results. Evil and suffering are everywhere. God hates all of this evil and suffering very much. In the Bible, our rebellion against God is called sin. Mr. Snyder continues by sharing, as a result of our sin, the scriptures tell us that we are separated from God. The wages of sin is death or spiritual separation from God, found in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. 
Mr. Snyder then asks, so what can be done about this separation from God? He then as well goes on to ask, why doesn't God just forget about our sin? Just before going on to say, well, the truth is that God can not just sweep our evil under the rug. If God did that, he would cease to be just. For example, says Mr. Snyder, how would you feel about a judge that decided to issue a blanket pardon for Hitler and all of those other high-level Nazis for the horrible things that they did? Would that be a good judge? Of course not, he says, just before going on to say, there is a penalty for evil. And because God is just, that penalty must be paid. Fortunately, says Mr. Snyder, and so say I, my friends, Jesus Christ paid that penalty for us and for our sins by dying for us on the cross. He took the punishment that we deserved. But God commandeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Mr. Snyder continues by stating of the very truth, which is, we were guilty, but the Son of God, Jesus Christ, died in our place. Mr. Snyder further states, being fully man, Jesus could die for the sins of mankind. Being fully God, Jesus could die for an infinite number of sins. And my friends, he was not only a sinless man, but what is, was and is the one and only begotten son of the one and only true and living God, creator of heaven, earth, the land and people of Israel, as well as all mankind. Mr. Snyder then points out that he, he Jesus that is, was mocked, he was beaten, he was scourged ruthlessly, he was nailed to a wooden cross, he was totally innocent, but he was willing to suffer and die because he loved you that much. Mr. Snyder continues by stating, Jesus paid the penalty for your sins and my sins so that fellowship with God could be restored. Not only that, but Jesus provided that he he. He proved, rather, that he is the son of God by rising from the dead. Says Mr. Snyder, just before going on to cite scripture that states, Christ died for our sins, he was buried, he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. You see, says Mr. Snyder, if there was any other way for us to be reconciled to God, Jesus would not have had to die on the cross. He would have just told us to follow one of the other ways to get to heaven. But there was no other way. The death of Jesus on the cross is the only payment for our sins, and he is the only way that we are going to get to heaven. In the scripture, Jesus puts it this way. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. John chapter 14, verse 6. Mr. Snyder then goes on to say, but it is not enough just for you to intellectually know that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on the cross for our sins. He says, the scripture tells us that we must individually commit our lives to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. When we give our lives to Jesus, he forgives us of our sins and he gives us eternal life. But as many as receive him, to them give he power to be the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name. There again, John chapter 1, verse 12. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 3. Verse 16, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. As we near a close, Mr. Snyder asks, so exactly how does someone do this? Just before going on to say, it is actually very simple. He continues by stating that the scriptures tell us that it is through faith that we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. For by grace, which means unfair, un, unmerited favor of God, my friends, for by grace we ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Mr. Snyder then says, If you are not a Christian yet, then Jesus is standing at the door of your heart, and he is knocking. He is hoping you will let him come in. He loves you very much, and he wants to have a personal relationship with you. Jesus speaking said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus asks that you give him control of your life. That means renouncing all the sin in your life and making him your Savior and Lord. Mr. Snyder continues by stating that Jesus, I mean, just to know intellectually that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose from the dead is not enough to become a Christian. Having a wonderful emotional experience is not enough to become a Christian either. You must, you become, he says, a Christian by faith. It is an act of your will. Mr. Snyder then asks, 
are you ready to make a commitment to Jesus Christ? He says, if you are ready to invite Jesus Christ into your life, it is very easy. Just tell him. God is really not concerned if you say the right words. What he is concerned about is the attitude of your heart. Mr. Snyder then asks, if you are ready to become a Christian, the following is a prayer that can help you express that desire to him. My friends, with that said, you have here today heard enough gospel to either save or condemn your soul. So if indeed, as Mr. Snyder has just asked, if you are ready to become a Christian, let us pray his simple prayer listed within this article for that very purpose. Mr. Snyder puts it this way. If you are ready to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then I invite you to pray this prayer right now. Jesus will come into your life just as he has promised to do. With that said, my friends, let us now take a moment to pray the prayer of salvation for those that fill the drawing of the Lord by the power, working, and anointing of his Holy Spirit, that they may enter in to the kingdom of God, both in the here and now, and be ready for the time of eternal life in the time that is yet and soon to come. With that said, my friends, if today you would like to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, please pray this prayer that Mr. Snyder has included in this article, that the Lord Jesus will enter into your life this day, and as long as you never turn away from him, he will never turn away from you, for he never moves. We are the ones who move away from him. He is always in the same place. With that said, my friends, let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to become a Christian. I know that I am a sinner, and I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God and that you rose from the dead. I repent of my sins, and I open the door of my life and heart and ask you to be my Savior and Lord. I commit my life to you. Thank you for all, for forgiving all of my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of my life and make me the kind of person that you want me to be. I will live my life for you. In Jesus' precious and holy name I pray, amen. Mr. Snyder moves to close with this, my friends. If you do if you do invite Jesus Christ to come into your life, you can be 100% certain that you have become a Christian and that you will go to heaven when you die. In jo- in 1 John chapter 5 verses 11 through 13, the scripture tells us the following. And this is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has eternal life. And he that has not the son of God has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. 
Mr. Snyder moves to end with this, my friends. Do you understand what that means? It means that you can know that you have eternal life. The Bible says that if you have invited Jesus Christ into your life, your sins are forgiven and you now have eternal life. What could be better than that? But, says Mr. Snyder, and so say I, my friends, your journey is not done. In fact, it is just beginning. The Christian life is not easy, especially if you try to go it alone. He continues with these words of wisdom. There are four keys to spiritual growth for any Christian. Number one, the Bible. If you do not have a Bible, you will need to get one and read it every day. It is God's instruction book for your life. And I would like to add, my friends, that you need to get a Bible that is a study Bible. I always recommend the King James Version of the Bible for it has not been altered. And also that uh, the Fire Bible. It's called the Fire Bible, by, and it's a King James Version of that Bible. I, I highly recommend that myself. Number two, prayer. Prayer does not have to be complicated, says Mr. Schneider. The truth is that prayer is just talking with God. God wants to hear from you every day. And he will fundamentally transform your life as you pray to him with humility and sincerity. Number three, fellowship. The scriptures tell us that we all need each other. Find a fellowship of local Christians that believes the Bible and that sincerely loves one another, and they will help you grow. And number four, my friends, which to me is one of the most important aspects of all four of these, not one of them is more important than the other, but I really enjoy this one, and it is witnessing, telling others about the new life that you have found in Jesus Christ, helping everyone, my friends, find eternal life is one of the more valuable things, he says, that you could do for anyone and ever accomplish in this world. Mr. Snyder ends with this. If you have invited the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life, I would love to hear from you. You can write to me at the following email address. And I think that is, this is his piece, and I think I will give you his email address to do just that. And my friends, you can tell him that you heard his word on my show, Streams in the Desert Live, if you so choose to. It doesn't really matter because you heard the voice of the Lord calling you to be his child. His email address is the economic collapse blog at hotmail.com. And with that said, my friends, we are at the end of the show for today. But I truly do hope that as we said that sinner's prayer early, earlier in the show, that you really did receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Lord, Master, Savior, soon coming King, and Messiah, my friends, because it's only a heartbeat away before the Lord Jesus Christ will appear in the eastern sky to whisk away all those who belong to him at his appearing there, just before the time of great tribulation begins, where the open rule and reign of the Antichrist, including the mark of the beast, administered by the Antichrist and the 
the false prophet of Satan, will commence and continue for 42 months just before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with us in tow. And at his return, he will set up his millennial kingdom. That is a thousand year of peace ruled by the Lord Jesus Christ just before eternity begins. But my friends, you're on this side of the rapture and to get to the other side of the rapture and be in tow with the Lord Jesus Christ coming back from heaven, you must surrender your life now because after the rapture will be too late. And as the word has said, after the rapture, those who chose not to receive the love of the truth and the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord, Master, and Savior, and only way of escape, will be left to believe the lie and the illusions of the Antichrist, false prophet, and receive the mark of the beast, which will doom you for all eternity. Don't go there, my friends. Receive the Lord Jesus today, while it is still called today. For today is the day of salvation. And I pray that all of you, within the hearing of my voice, have either rededicated your life or received the Lord Jesus Christ today. And in that, I say, it's a wrap. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Shalom and blessings until we meet again. I Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus, and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all, now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?